I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 123 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad I'm still delightful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're on take two of our recording. But that's okay. That's okay. These things happen. It only gets better from here. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. We have this movie to talk about, so we'll see if it gets better from here. But we have other movies to talk about, right? We Okay, well, we know about other movies. I'm, I'm happy to talk about other movies. That's great. Because uh, I, saw, I saw Cats on Friday night, and it was... The best movie theater going experience of my life. Like, that's not like people think that's not even a lie. Like the movie is the most crazy, ill-conceived, bad on level, every level dog shit thing I've ever seen. I've never had a better time in the theater. So play by play, like what's going on in this theater? Okay, so here the thing is, my friend, my friend Steve and I wanted to go to this because I mean we had been talking about it even before the like really bad reviews started to drop, because I mean obviously we'd seen the trailer and the horrifying cat creatures, but we were slightly concerned that we'd be like the only people there in the audience because we thought it would be a disaster and the rest of the audience would be people who really wanted to see cats. Instead, the audience was, I would say, probably like 85% people like us and and then some people who actually wanted to see cats, a few of whom stormed out. And I think a couple of people who were won over by the ridiculousness of how bad this film was and decided to give in to the audience. It starts right at the beginning because in the opening, when the opening credit, like you, you know, it's like one of those openings where it like pans down across a starry sky. And in the starry, starry sky is just like a cartoon cat face. 
like almost like the emoji cat face. And right away, some giggles. But Steve and I and 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 Steve's friend, like we were trying to, because we, we didn't want to be assholes, you know, like we don't want to ruin this movie for anybody. Yeah. So we're we're trying to contain ourselves, and then it's just like everything about this movie is bad. First of all, I mean it's terrifying looking, but it's also the the songs are mixed really badly. So sometimes you can't hear the singers because the instruments are up too loud. And not all of the special effects are done. This is like they they've had to basically release a patch for this movie. Like you would in a video game. Because there are scenes where it would just be like cat, cat, cat. Oh, that cat has a person arm. Because they didn't put the fur on it. Or one point, and I didn't see this in the movie, but there's a screen cap going around it of it. Just Judy Dench's hand. Her human hand complete with her wedding ring. How did this happen? Tom Hooper finished editing this movie the day of the premiere. You gotta be kidding me. It's ridiculous and and yeah so slowly the audience just starts to get more and more like into the insanity of it and i think what actually really ended up helping is at one point fairly early on and i don't remember what we were laughing at we're laughing because there's just so much in this movie but someone in the audience made a very miscalculated decision and that decision was to go shh can't do it you can shush if there's like one group of people that's being loud and annoying. If it's coming from the whole theater, you can't shush people. Like she <laughs> shushed and people just started laughing. Because like, what what are you talking about, lady? What are you going to do? And then, I, I mean, it's really gross. There's not only the cats, which are disturbing looking and sometimes like grossly wet, and like shiny in a off-putting way. There's also mice people and cockroach people, and a scene where Rebel Wilson cat is like doing this spread eagle cat pose and then eats a cockroach person. And the like revulsion that went through the audience was amazing. At one point, she unzips her ca- cat torso, and there's another cat like like you would a coat. But she's a cat, so she's just unzipping her torso, and then there's another cat torso underneath it. And it's it's nightmarish and awful. At one point, Ian McKellen, as a cat, licks milk out of a saucer, and I've never been more disgusted. I need to see this. And, I mean... They do all this like weird CGI stuff, even to just the movements. So it's not just, oh, here's some cool dancing. It's, oh, here's some dancing. But then they do a weird thing that just tries to make it more cat-like or whatever. And it is not effective. Um, 
at one point and like I mean, there were a couple times this happened in the theater but at one point because um you know the, the plot of cats is as much as there is a plot is there's the jellical ball and all the cats get together and they sing songs and then old deuteronomy played by judy dench in this movie which we'll get to in a second but th- we'll pick somebody who'll be the jellical choice and that cat gets to be reborn and Idris Elba is playing McCavity, who is the evil cat, and he doesn't want any competition because he wants to be the winner. So he keeps making the other some of the other cats like disappear off to some ship somewhere. But the first time he does it, I I, I can't remember if it's Revels or what, but he sort of like swipes at her and she just like turns into dust and disappears. And through the entire audience, you just hear people go, What? <laughs> um and it's it's baffling um when when Ian McKellen is singing his song about being an old theater cat they keep cutting to Judy Dench who is sprawled out in this cat basket and every single time they cut to her which is often the whole audience just cracks up at one point during um magical mr mistopheles because the chorus to that goes on forever and is repeated about a million times, we started to sing along. It started with my friend Steve, and then I, and then people throughout the theater started to also sing. And this was not a midnight showing or anything. This was the 7.30 Friday night Midtown Manhattan like AMC theater. That is I've, beautiful. I've, I've never experienced, like, it was sort of like being at a Rocky Horror thing. Like, people weren't shouting at the screen. It wasn't like that. It was just laughing and disgust and horror and wild applause. (laughs) And it was, like, I would, I kind of wanted to go see it again, but I know the chances of being able to see it again with that audience, like, it just wouldn't happen. Like, the magic is in that one-time thing. I'm so jealous. That sounds so much fun. It it was it was nuts. Oh my god. <laughs> they even like they like I know he's gonna like it's not like Idris Elba's gonna be super hot because he's a cat and that's you know like I don't want to like jerk off over a cat or anything. But he's so gross looking as a cat. His body is all oily and sleek, and I don't understand. And he has these. I don't know if it was colored context or CGI, but he has these creepy, creepy eyes. I'm like, I don't understand how you make Idris Elba unattractive. I did not know it was possible, but he's disgusting in this movie. (laughs) And at one point, at the end, Judy Tench just turns and starts singing directly down the barrel of the camera. And she's a cat person. And <laughs> everyone just lost their minds. Why did they agree to be in this? Well, first of all, I imagine they got paid pretty well. I mean, this movie had like a $100 million budget. But also, there's this assumption that, oh, it's, it's you know, it's this really well-known musical 
it's gonna be a prestigious thing. I I don't think they had any idea what they were getting into. How was Taylor Swift? She's actually like one of the better performances in this movie. But again, this movie has no plot and only you know like barely characters. So as much as they promoted her, she comes in maybe like three quarters of the way in the movie through the movie, sings one song, and then's gone. How was the singing? Like she, I like her. Like she has a good voice. It's fine. It's yeah. McCavity, one of the few songs in that musical I find even remotely tolerable. I mean, it's bad, but it's sort of catchy because she's just singing this song about how you know he's this criminal cat who always gets away with his crimes, and it's so it's you know at least kind of fun. And then she sprinkles catnip over all the other cats and they have like this weird almost cat orgy. Oh, and the other thing is the cats keep nuzzling each other. Like anytime when like people would like almost kiss instead it's like nuzzling, but it's not always sexual. Sometimes it's just, hey, I like you cat. I'm gonna like nuzzle you as like a friend cat. And it, I, I, I don't know why it's so disturbing. On On paper, it should not be horrifying. But seeing two human cats, like, nuzzle their heads together, ugh. I don't even want to, like, picture that. Just humans doing that. I mean, that's the other thing. It's just sort of, like, when you stop and think about what it was like to film this movie, which is just, I guess, people in bodysuits trying to act like cats I can't like as much as I try I want to see I want I want to get this on blu-ray because I want there to be a bunch of you know behind the scenes bonus footage because I just want to see like Aegis Elba or Ian McKellen just acting like cats but without the cat CGI on them just the cats it's just the most insane it's just I can't I went in thinking this is going to be the craziest shit I've ever seen. And it was so much more crazy than that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah, I think people on Twitter like were thinking I was being sarcastic and how much fun I had at cats, but it's it was so much fun i've i've never had a theater like experience like that and i can't imagine that i ever would again it was just the the perfect storm of terrible and we were in our audience so who stormed out that's my question um but some people who were there to see cats Oh, because here's the thing. It's like I, I think about it is, oh, yeah, like everybody on Twitter has been razzing this movie since the trailers. But Twitter is just Twitter. And if you don't know that and if you haven't read any of the reviews, then you think you're just going to go see cats. And instead, it's a bunch of people who are there to laugh at the movie you genuinely wanted to see. 
I'm still laughing. There's someone that told you to, to shh. Oh, it was so funny. And I, I really think that's when everybody stopped holding back. Because even though people were laughing front, you could get this, okay, we're watching this movie. I know we know there's some, you know, people here. It was pretty early on. But after that, nobody was holding back anything. Was there applause at the end? Oh, wild applause. Standing ovation. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, I'm so glad you had a good time in the movies. Yeah, I really did. So, um, I guess we should talk about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, yeah. What what did you think? Um, I really liked it. I I didn't love it. There were a lot of flaws and a lot of things that I still question, but it was an enjoyable time. Um, I cried for the first time while watching a episodic film. But the problem is, is that I don't remember when. Oh, okay, I was gonna I ask. Just, yeah, I I think it was either. At the end, uh, when they're all embracing, or when uh, Chewbacca Chewbacca's reaction to something big. I, I like that you're trying to like avoid spoilers. Usually, I just like jump straight into it, but like I, I want to tease. Okay, but you you know that people have if they haven't seen this movie, they're not listening to this, right? Oh yeah. I just want to be mysterious. To whom are you being mysterious? I don't know. You know that I saw this movie, right? I, I yeah, I know, and I know you're never going to see it again. Oh no! <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> oh god. Um. Well, um, to to brighten your your mood or to any any moods, want to hear about my. My viewing story. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. So, um, I wake up in the morning, and my brother and I are just chilling on the couch, and my sister comes in with a big box, and she's like, I bet you're wondering why I have this big box here. And we're like, no, but go on. (laughs) And she pulls out these matching Star Wars pajamas. And she's like, we're all going to wear these to the movie. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, I'm going to be comfortable. Like, I don't give a shit what I look like going to the movies. Like, if I'm going to be in pajama pants, then let me be in pajama pants, you know? But I, I want people to be with me in pajama pants, so I'm not, like, the only person in pajamas. But we'll get back to that. So I'm getting ready. I have to pick up Carlos from the train station. And my dad is like, hey, I'm washing all the pajamas. Do you want me to wash yours? And I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. I have to leave soon. So then I get to the train station and my sister calls me and she's like, um, there's been a situation. I'm like, what? So I guess when my dad washed the pajamas, for some reason, they shrunk like four sizes. Oh, no. So (laughs) no one could wear the pajamas. So here's me sitting in my car in like pajamas. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, you all are still wearing them. I'm not going to be the only one. But they all agreed to wear the pajama shirts, so I just made someone go home and or 
at the house get me like a pair of leggings and some boots or something because I was wearing like Uggs and pajama pants, very comfortable pajama pants. But still, I was very mad that, you know, this elaborate plan failed. (laughs) So that was my day. So, of course, you know, we, we go out to dinner and then I always get stressed before the movies. Like, it's a weird thing. So I'm just sitting there stressed. I'm mad because the pajamas didn't work out. I'm stressed about the movie. And then it's like 30 minutes until the movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, everything I've been waiting for for the past two years is in 30 minutes. And then I watch the movie. And now we're here. Okay. Yeah. So how do you want to do this? I don't know. Um, I hated the opening crawl. Okay, we can start there. Because I have some serious issues with it. Which is, you can't do this in opening crawl. I know that we've gotten big gaps covered in an opening crawl before. But this is some next level shit. You can't be like, hey, the Emperor is back and everybody in the galaxy knows it in the opening crawl. Do you hear that they, because the opening crawl says that there has been a broadcast and I guess um, Fortnite on Saturday night, last Saturday night before the movie had like a Star Wars thing and the fucking message played on Fortnite. It's the stupidest fucking thing. Like I got so, I'm just, I mean, not even angry, just sad that's what Star Wars is now. And well, here's here's my, I mean, it goes off of this. I mean, and this goes to the rest of the movie, but I think this really showed how bullshit their, oh, the plan is always bring to be, been to bring Palpatine back. As when we first learned at Celebration that Palpatine was coming back, I and I think a lot of other people assumed it it wouldn't be the main focus of the movie that we wouldn't like see much of him and he'd be sort of like a like if they were telling us that Palpatine was in this movie then something else really big that they weren't telling us. And so I thought we'd get some Palpatine that was like maybe Kylo and Rey are both after some mysterious object and there's going to be some sort of essence of Palpatine guarding it, something like that. But Palpatine is back and the entire galaxy knows it. If that was your plan from the beginning, then that broadcast would have been in The Last Jedi. Because that's how you tell a goddamn story. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I was expecting more from this crawl. And I feel like there were, are there that many names in the opening crawl? I feel like there was like 50 names yelled. It seemed like a lot. Yeah. And also the dead speak is now up there with war as my least favorite first word in an opening scroll. 
<laughs> That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Revenge of the Sith with the exclamation point. So I was like, I'm at home. I made it. Tell you, this this crawl is where I started to get worried. Because here's the thing. Like, obviously, like if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that I've had concerns with the story going into this movie. I wasn't expecting to have so many problems with the way they told this story and how messy and convoluted and weirdly paced it was. I thought, okay, this isn't going to be a story that I necessarily like, but JG knows how to make a movie. But as soon as I saw that crawl, I went, oh, oh no. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, I feel like as I was sitting in that theater, you could have just, like, put up, this is exactly what's going to happen in the movie, or just some ridiculous crawl, and I would have still sat there and been like, oh, this is interesting because literally after this crawl, I remember just like sitting there like reading it and then like rereading it. And I'm like, okay, but, but I mean, then the movie starts and then like, okay, I got to say this, this fucking visual dictionary came out and I swear to God, I feel like this visual dictionary just like basically told the story of the movie because here's JJ and his mystery box shit again which I feared would happen. It kind of happened again. But strangely enough, this movie makes me like The Force Awakens way more because I used to have a shit ton of problems with The Force Awakens. But after watching this, I'm like, hmm, maybe The Force Awakens wasn't a terrible movie all along. But here we are, volcano fire planet. Okay, we think it's Mustafar. Well, no, there's trees and there's a forest and everything. That's not Mustafar. Well, the book says it's Mustafar. And, oh, Starkiller Base? That was just something that they built. No, it's that planet where they get lightsabers from. You know, it just it's like, why aren't they telling us this shit? I mean, because it doesn't fucking matter. And, I mean, here's where my problem Like, it's fine if they want to put shit in the visual dictionary, but putting shit in the visual dictionary doesn't make the movie better. Like, if you have to find out about something in the movie through external sources, that's that's a big problem. Like, there was some Lando stuff in the, in the visual dictionary. And I'm fine with the books exploring stuff more. You know, I think, like, the last Jedi novelization had that awesome... Luke dream sequence opening or like a book like Catalyst that just adds more backstory to these characters and how they got where they are but when it's like it when something only makes sense if you read it in the dictionary or in one of the novels then you have a problem with the way you made your movie I don't know I mean there were things I, I thought were interesting, you know, like the beginning when Kylo finds that holocron thing, then he goes to Excalibur or what was the, what was the planet Exegol. called? Exegol. 
Excalibur. But um, so yeah, he gets to Excalibur and he sees all the Snokes and then finds out that Palpatine has been all the voices in his head because that's just the solution to everything. Is It's just Palpatine. But then you see him and Palpatine, like, oh, first off, okay, I fucking hate that I, I really like this movie like don't get me wrong it has a lot of problems but I fucking hate how they just keep calling him Palpatine like I, I just I fucking hate his name now like why can't we just call him the Emperor like I know that calling him Palpatine is just shitting on the fact that he technically was the Emperor but like god damn it like everyone calling him Palpatine is just so cringy I hate how much he's in this movie <laughs> I hate when when Poe has like everyone around and he's like, all right, guys, Palpatine's back. And I'm just like, oh, this is really happening. Is this, is this what I waited two years for? Is just Poe being like, oh, Palpatine's here, guys. Well, this is the real problem. Like, screw everything Kylo Ren did. It's just, it's Palpatine. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but I mean, what do you do? Like, your big bad villain died in the last jedi and like the, the first order is your villain but that's the thing is that the first order isn't strong enough to be I, that's, but it should be and it was yeah. because they nearly destroyed them in the last movie well that wasn't enough for jj because jj was like hey let's just bring back palpatine let's, let's have palpatine be all the reasons why everything is but yeah and then finally we we get rid of palpatine for like a couple minutes and we get a breath of fresh air on the falcon with with claude and okay wait so claude's on the falcon like he doesn't have arms like what's how is he why is he on the falcon yeah maybe he uses his mouth maybe he fixes everything with his fucking mouth i wouldn't be surprised i i wonder that doesn't surprise me that jj didn't think about that but um I thought that scene was really cute when they're playing against Chewbacca, when Finn and Poe are, and they think that Chewbacca's cheating because he's so good. I thought that was funny. Um, that's I, I don't have any problem with this scene. Uh, some people have some problem with the like hyper drive skipping or whatever that it is the fucking that they do to get away. I didn't care. That was fine with me. Yeah, it was hyperspace jumping. It was cool. I mean, they they went through different planets. Like, they went on Cloud City and some other places. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. But, I mean, they get back and the Falcon's, like, basically destroyed. But, I don't know. I, I thought that was fine. I like this scene, the training scene with Leia and Rey. And... Ray calling Leia master did get me. Yes. And I love when the Falcon gets back and Poe and Ray are bitching at each other for like messing up their puppies, basically. <laughs> you know what you are? You're a difficult man. <laughs> I kind of I, I kind of like that I mean they obviously care about each other but in this first scene it's like they they genuinely don't particularly like each other 
And I, I kind of wish they had kept going with that. Like, I don't want them, like, totally antagonistic, but I do sort of like them just biting at each other. Yeah. And I, I loved Finn's reaction to it when she's, like, in a bad mood. And he's like, me? And she's like, no, him. And he's like, always? <laughs> oh, my God. Finn's great. Um, He was. I, He was wonderful. Although, like many, many things that J.J. talks shit about, uh, the whole, oh, we're going to really explore Finn's backstory more. Nah. We're going to get one line about how when he left, it was because of a feeling he had. I'm like, okay, I kind of already assumed that. But yeah, sure. I thought, you know, maybe that meant we were going to learn something about his family. But yeah, JJ says lots of things like talking about how much he loves Kelly Marie Tran. Was was J.J. Abrams directing, like, the same movie we thought that he was directing? Because I feel like a lot of things he said for this, like, were just a bunch of J.J. mystery boxes that you just open up and it's just a fucking box. Like, it's not anything. J.J. is a piece of shit. And, like, it'd be one thing if this was, I mean, some of this, you know, some of it's, like, oh, stuff he said a long time ago. But a lot of it's stuff he said on the uh, press junket for this movie. So he knew what he had done and the movie he had made and then just lied. But uh, that's fine. Uh, we need to talk about Rose. Yeah, please. Let's do it. Because she... The erasure of Rose in this movie is... Uh, it's unforgivable. Considering how much she had to do in The Last Jedi, how important she was to The Last Jedi, not just in the plot, but in being the character that represented the message of that movie. And one of the messages of Star Wars, which is the importance of, you know, of, of saving what you love. And there's no reason to not have her on the Falcon with them. If you're not actually going to be showing her doing shit on that planet with Leia. I mean, it'd be one thing if she wasn't with them, if she were actually given a story. But she's not. She's just completely sidelined. And it's given the nature of the harassment that Calamity Tran faced and the horrific racist backlash that character got, it absolutely seems like Lucasfilm caving to the worst part of fandom. What happened? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I, unfortunately, I, I, I thought this would happen, and I didn't want it to happen. But I wasn't seeing her in in posters. I wasn't seeing her in trailers. I wasn't seeing her at all. Yeah, but you know what? I still, like, I made this mistake of, and I made this several times, of actually believing J.J. And when he, he talked about how the greatest gift that Ryan Johnson gave him in The Last Jedi was a cast in Connery Tran. And that was apparently just utter bullshit. And and that's one of the places where I, like, I go from 
not just not enjoying this movie to I'm never going to see a J.J. Abrams movie again because fuck him. I don't blame you. I I I don't blame you at all. Um So what else happens? Um there's that Ray training sequence. Uh she gets distracted for a second by Kylo Ren and then she squishes BB-8 with a tree. Um and then you know they have the whole meeting that there's a spy in the first order and you know, she talks, they talk about Exegol and she's like, oh, you mean Excalibur? Um, I think Luke, Luke Skywalker would go to Excalibur. And um, he was trying to track someone on Pisana. And then they all decide to go to Pisana. But Ray, or, uh, Rose has to stay back because she has to do homework. And so the, she stays, unfortunately. So then they all go to Excalibur. No, they go to Pisana to find out about Excalibur. And what did you think about Pisana? Pisana's fine. I like the um I like the little cute little alien kids. I'm a you know me, I'm a sucker for cute little alien kids. Um if- I the oh but <laughs> fucking I don't know if it's JJ or Chris Terrier or which one of them, but the the hitting you over the head with the hammer when she's talk when she introduces herself to the little girl, and the whole oh I don't have a last name. <laughs> I was just about to say what the fuck was that? Like we Ray know, who? we know movie, we know. You know, like uh, I could have lived without knowing who Ray's parents were. Like I, I don't give two shits about Ray's parents because like it's Ray, like Ray. Yeah, it's Ray. Like, and then it went, the more that they started asking about it, I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to be that movie that we're going to find out about Ray's parents, aren't we? That this is an episode of Scooby-Doo and we're going to unmask the bad guy. Um, And it's fucking Palpatine. Because even though in a billion stories and comics and movies, it is never once even been suggested that he has a kid apparently he did and he has a goddamn granddaughter because these fucking fanboy assholes couldn't accept a powerful woman not having a reason to be powerful so the whole reason that she is this super special woman is because she's fucking Palpatine's granddaughter. Again, fuck you, J.J. Abrams. So, what was your reaction to the reveal? Oh, I laughed. Out loud. Because not only is it dumb, but it's just the the way that they... And I mean, God bless Adam Driver. I may hate... Like, look, I hate Kylo and I don't like Ben Solo either. Like, whatever. I hate the way the character's written. Adam Driver's still a good actor. There's nothing Adam Driver can do to save that line. Ray, you're a Palpatine. Uh, I, I couldn't. I, I felt like I was in a dream. Like I laughed out loud too. Like I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I feel like that's the only thing in this movie that, that just I'm just sitting here still like, what the fuck? Okay, you really? Say that that's like that's such like that's such a big thing in this movie. 
That's like the major thing in this movie. I haven't accepted it yet. I don't think I ever will. And, you know, I'm going to continue watching this movie. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to continue, like, putting this in the back of my brain. Because why does she have to be a Palpatine? Like, I that that just confuses me more than anything. Like, maybe my headcanon of this will be like, oh, like, Palpatine's just telling Ray that she's a Palpatine. Like, she's not a Palpatine. Like, I'm just going to continue telling myself that so that I don't sit here and start yelling because no, in you 2015 when this movie came it's out. it's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. <sighs> because you can't... Look, if you're going to do that, that actually has to be your plan from the beginning. And if that... And... We know that it wasn't. Because we know, because Ryan Johnson has said this, he was told that Ray's parentage was still open. And he was allowed to say that Ray's parents were nobodies. And if you're going to have her be Palpatine's granddaughter, that needs to be your story from the beginning. If you want to tell the story of, oh, she can overcome the fact that her lineage is this super evil guy, that's fine. But that's not the story you were telling before. And that you can't decide to do that in your third movie. I'm sorry, especially after The Last Jedi. Like, you can't just des- decide to to throw that shit out and, and put this in. Because you're already three movies in. You had to do that from the jump. It's like, you don't have to say right away, like in the first movie, the words Palpatine, but you had to start hinting at that shit. You had to start, you know, having some of those creepy Sith cultists, like in the background, sort of doing stuff. And we weren't quite sure what was going on with them, but they were there. And, you know, you have... You have Ray, like, I don't know, like maybe d- dreaming about the wreckage of the Death Star in the first movie or stuff like that. Like, it's too big of a story to decide in the final part of your trilogy that that's the story. Like, it's not, I'm, I'm annoyed not just because it is a story that I don't like, but because they told it in such a stupid half-assed way. And as somebody who 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 cares about storytelling, who you know, who who cares about story and also about movies in general, like there's no, like you don't tell stories like that. It's such a bad way to do it. Yeah, and I mean, the way that I look at it is is that. Ray could have found out that she was a Palpatine and then just everything just could have gone so much worse. Like, you know, I I was really scared for Ray and I was really worried about her, you know, because we didn't even fucking mention that she thought she killed Chewbacca. What the fuck? <sighs> okay. I, it's not like I want Chewbacca to be dead. I'm glad Chewbacca's not dead. But... They 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 pull that trick in this movie so many times that it becomes like everything about it is absolutely meaningless because like it's so much like oh no wait that person's not actually there. like that okay I know this jumping ahead but I can't I can't 
the C-3PO thing. It's a super emotional moment when he's going to get erased and the, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my friends for the last time. Super emotional. Got me in the theater, even though I do not give a shit about 3PO and think he's one of the most annoying characters in the films. And it's completely undone because he gets his memory back and he lost, I don't know, like maybe, maybe a few months. Like, fuck you, movie. Like, just have the balls to actually, like, keep that. Because next time, like, okay, if I were going to see that movie again, which I'm not, that that big emotional moment is completely gone because I know they erase it in 45 minutes. Yeah. So why bother to do it at all? Like, either either have the balls to stick with it or don't do it. And yeah, it gives you these funny moments. I, I like the, you know, the... That when he's introducing himself and the the Poe, oh, this is going to be a problem. And I like later when he says Baba Freak is one of his oldest friends. That's so good. But then just <laughs> just keep that. Like little mind wipe, basically, you know, newborn C-3PO is fine. But when you undo that for the sake of, oh, yay, he's not really gone. It means you've oh, completely annihilated your earlier super emotional scene. I don't understand that decision. Yeah. I mean, I I personally, I enjoy 3PO in this movie. And like, you know, part of me is glad that he got his memory back because are you really going to end your, your nine movie saga with, a droid forgetting everything like I think that the purpose of you know completing this is you know to not have any open endings which I mean it can definitely be argued but definitely with with 3PO I think that was the safest thing that they but could that's do not, is that's not an open ending like him not having his memory isn't an open ending he just doesn't have his memory anymore because it'd be like it's like killing a carrot like this would be it's basically the equivalent of Oh, wait, never mind. Hanzo is not really dead. I can't believe they did that with us with Chewbacca. I was scared shitless. Like, I could not believe that they killed Chewbacca. Like, it reminded me of in the Expanded Universe when he got crushed by a moon. Because, you know, that scene where they're both, you know, trying to force Chewbacca. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't going to go well. And thank God the second time around when I saw the movie, I saw that there were two transports. So I'm like, oh, okay, but... I just oh my I want God. something to have lasting emotional consequence in this movie. And like 3PO would have been the like that. I just they made that scene so poignant and so emotional and Anthony Daniels fucking kills it. But for nothing. Like there's like it. it that scene means nothing. Yeah. And then a lot of things in this movie were very predictable, too. Like, um, you know, that person in Pisana that helps them. Of course it's Lando. Okay, because literally I was like, oh, what if that's Lando? And it literally was. And, and I then, look, look I'm, I'm perfectly happy to see Lando. Yeah, but what's Lando doing there? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's something I want to answer. I want to know what Lando's been doing. And I want to know why I still want to know, and I thought we were going to get the answer to this movie, I want to know why Lando didn't answer Leia's distress call. 
when he's here and obviously still in contact with her at something at some point. He should be because, I mean, he's he's telling Ray to send her his love and she's like, no, go go do it yourself. And like Leia told him that they'd be someone would be coming. So I'm like, well, when did you guys get back in contact? And yet again, why would Lando ignore that call? Yeah. I just, I needed a line of explanation about it. Also, it was pretty predictable that Hux was a spy too, right? I mean, I wish they had done more with that because I think, I think that was actually funny and interesting. Like, that's cool that he doesn't, I like that, you know, when he's like, why are you doing this? Like, it's not because I want you guys to win. I just want, Kylo to fail that was great <laughs> and and pride just casually turning around and murdering him is great that was surprising i mean i i love that i love that hux was the spy and i loved it even more not only when finn shoots his leg and then he goes back and he's like oh they got away but then just pride just takes the gun and just fucking like what? <laughs> That's when I was like, "Oh my god, this movie is literally gonna kill me!" Like I don't even know what the fuck is happening. And I mean, first off, you have this, and then you have that, and then I don't even think ten minutes later you find out that Ray's a Palpatine. It's like you know you're still on the high of okay, thank God Chewbacca's alive. We just saw Lando earlier. Ray has seen the ship before. Where's she seen it? Um, you know, Ray finds out she's a Palpatine. Like there's just so much going on at once, and I think that's why part of me really enjoy this movie was because it's just action-packed and there's something always being thrown at you oh i like i think i'm like no give me some actual room to breathe and characters having a chance to react to something before there's another fucking we're off to another new planet yeah but then we go to kajimi and and meet babu freak i like babu freak babu freak is good I love him. I like Baba Freak. I like Zori Bliss. I wish Zori Bliss existed for more reasons than giving Poe a woman to flirt with. But hey, thanks, JJ. Points for JJ. Zero. Um, what else? I, I really liked how in the uh, Force FaceTime how they would destroy things and then like it would appear on the floor like ray hit something and then like all the red beads were on the floor or um she hit vader's mask and kylo was able to see it and know that she was on his ship or when he took the bracelet off of her on pasana and that's how he was able to find her like i really enjoyed that i would have liked that if it had happened like 50 percent less yeah um, what else did I like? Um, okay. So, they get back on the Falcon. Chewbacca saved. And then they go to the plant, one of the moons of Endor. And that's where they meet Janna. But then before that, you have Rey on the Falcon being like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Palpatine. And then Finn's like, uh, Rey, this 
you okay? Like, this isn't it. This isn't you. And she's like, no one knows me. Everyone thinks they knows me, but they don't. And I'm like, fuck, what happened to Ray? Come back. Like, Ray went like 360 in this movie. I swear to God. Like, she wasn't, you know, because it's, I, I almost hated hearing her theme in this movie because her theme is so beautiful and pure and sunshine and she was so conflicted and scared and it I just wanted to go in and help her and I I hated seeing her like this but uh, yeah it was hard also I didn't like the score in this movie Uh, this is probably my because I bought the CD this is my least favorite score of all of Star Wars Hmm. I have I'll have to listen to solo score again, but yeah, I just I I couldn't connect with it. I feel like the Last Jedi was something so beautiful and so emotional, but I feel like I hold so much more love for this movie. Made me realize too, like how much I really loved the Last Jedi, like and how strong the first two movies were in getting to know these characters, but. They get to, um, I forget, Kef Beer. I think that's what the planet is named. And they meet Janna. I like how Janna and all the rest of the people and the horses are former uh, stormtroopers. I thought that was cool. Um, I wish we had gotten into a little bit more. But I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um. So we're going to, we get to Ray escaping or, you know, cause Gianna's like, Hey, um, you know, let, let's do this in the morning. The, the waves are really bad right now. Let's chill, get to know each other, you know, hang out. Then Ray's like, no, fuck that. I'm going now. And she takes one of the speeders and she goes to the Death Star ruins. Um, what did you think about all of the scenes with her and Dark Ray and then finding Kylo? I mean, I think that d- dark racing is not great. I like. I think the the set pieces here are so cool. Um, I I think the 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 ocean and the and the waves are gorgeous and a really wild background for all this. And I enjoy that. Yeah. Um. What do you think of the lightsaber duel? Um, I mean, like, I thought it was fine. I didn't, I didn't, I don't even think it's one of the better ones of the sequel trilogy, really, even though I really like this backdrop. I don't know. I was, I was expecting this to be a much better fight scene than it was. I mean... I don't expect much from the lightsaber duels in this trilogy because I feel like even Luke wasn't the strongest in lightsaber combat. So it's hard to teach that onto students, especially Ben and Ray, because it seems well, like Ray didn't is... actually teach anything to. So I know, but I feel like Ray kind of not like adopts like the styles, but you know, she's very. Because I I was watching her duel with Ben or with Kylo and she 
she's able to quickly learn like his styles and everything and that's how she but she just is also really good at lightsaber combat but it's not as strong as the prequels you know nothing will ever be well if we get something before the prequels but yeah i mean i was totally fine with last jedi like not really having you know lightsaber on lightsaber combat but what we had here was fine it's not the best but it's also not the worst um so during that battle ben hears his mom yeah and it's i'm i mean the leia ugh, the leia shit in this movie is such a mess like here's what's well here's what's baffling to me which is it's not it's not like they had the movie written and then Carrie died. They knew what footage they had of her. And they still... Like, it's not like I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, sorry, like in the scroll to be like, hey, yeah, and General Leia died and we're not going to see her anymore. But when you see her, it's so obviously stitched in footage. And it doesn't, like, the dialogue doesn't work. It's a little bit like the stuff she's saying, like in response to people is always like a, like just like clunky and off. And they knew what footage they had and like could have used her less, could have used her better, but this is still what they wrote. And I don't, I, I cried when we first see Leia because I always like, I cry when we see Carrie Fisher. That's what happens now. I, I didn't cry when mm -hmm. Leia died. I mean, partially, oh, wow. partially because I'm like, I don't, I don't, like, I needed to, to know what it is that Ben was hearing or seeing or whatever. And the only, like, I, I got choked up when Chewbacca learns that she's dead, but the scene when, like, we know she's dying did nothing for me. What I thought was really interesting about that scene, though, was seeing, kylo's reaction to it and then you know ben's reaction you know and then ray uses this to kill ben but then she realizes you know why he acted like that and her probably realizing number one that leia has passed and number two that ben felt this too and her realizing this and force healing him and then admitting to him that it was ben's hand she wanted to grab like that was a fucking lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go for this Ben and Kylo are two separate people nonsense. Ben is responsible for everything Kylo did, and this movie doesn't hold him responsible for any of it. And I think, look, I think when Adam Driver is being Ben, like his performance is great, but I think the writing doesn't support it. And I think the turn happens too soon in this movie. And is like it's rushed it doesn't it didn't feel earned to me at all i feel like i'm i'm more forgiving of all of this and i feel like i personally i see ben and kylo ren as two separate people only because i saw I didn't see Kylo Ren when I saw the reaction to Leia. Like, I saw, like, how I visioned this was this was the re the starting process of the rebirth of 
Ben Solo that, you know, feeling his mom pass and knowing, you know, all of the events that occurred, this was the start of the rebirth. And that's why I personally was hooked on this was because I realized that, you know, as, you know, he was being force healed and everything that this isn't the end for Ben Solo. And that's when, you know, because I feel like as, you, you know, the last movie where he kills Snoke and I really thought for a second that we got Ben back. Like Ben's here. Ben's ready to party. Like Ben's going to team up with Ray. Like I realized that this is what I wanted. And I was, I was just happy to see it. And not only that, but when he's talking to Han and you can tell that Kylo had rehearsed that speech in his head for so long about, you know, when he'd see Han Solo and I killed Han Solo, Ben is dead. And then Han looks at him and says, no, Kylo Ren is dead. And that's when I got excited. And that's, yeah. yeah. You know who else is dead? The, like, thousands of people he's responsible for killing. Yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not like, excusing that. But the thing is, I think the movie does. That's my problem with this, is I don't think the movie acknowledges that at all. And they don't acknowledge him torturing Ray. They don't acknowledge him emotionally abusing Ray. Like, the movie just waves away because, oh, that was Kylo, not Ben. Yeah, I get that. Um, what did you think of um the reveal of of Han Solo? I mean, look, I love Han, and I always like I like I love Harrison Ford, but it didn't do anything for me. And I thought it was a little like I don't know, like it's one of the the dialogue there is a little bit better than the rest of the movie. Uh, I think maybe Harrison Ford is you know n- knew what Han would say and what Han wouldn't say. But I really liked, you know, the end when Ben gets all choked up and Han just says, I know that was something I didn't catch the first time, but just the second time, like just watching that and then just watching him like throw the lightsaber in the water. Like I, this was the point. Cause you know, I was questioning some things happening in the movie, but this was the point where I'm like, I'm okay with this. And I was really interested to see where the story went from here. And, you know, it went to Ray going back to Octu and wanting to exile herself. What do you think of that? I haven't seen as good. I think I wish like, again, it just, I wish it's whole, like this movie could have slowed the fuck down before now. And I would have liked to see this play out longer that pays in this movie is fucked but Mark Hamill's really good in this scene I you know it's nice to have to have Luke back to to give her the the talk that she needs and to say that he was you know he was wrong to run and hide yeah I loved Luke and I didn't expect to love Luke as much as I did this time. Like, I wish he definitely was in it more. But I loved how he was finally this... Tr- I mean, he was a mentor to Ray, But in this moment that 
he helped her. And, you know, seeing, you know, that story of, you know, how him and Leia were training and Leia, you know, sensed that all this would happen. Like, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I, I don't get it. I don't get why the vision, like, she stopped training. She decided not to be a Jedi because of the vision she had of her son. And I don't get from A to B there. And I think I don't get from A to B there because I don't think the people who wrote this script knows what the A to B there is. You know, because I'm I'm trying to look up her vision right now, but okay. So the Rise of Skywalker gives us a quick vague answer to that question. Luke explains to Ray that Leia gave up her Jedi training because she had a vision that it would endanger Ben's life. This is pretty ironic considering it's Leia's force powers that led to Kylo Ren's death. There, there need like there needs to be like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense. I, I get the whole her fearing that something would happen to her child, but connected to her, the force powers. How? I don't know, but the fact that she knew that her lightsaber would be held by someone who would start what she didn't finish. So it's insinuating, obviously, that her Jedi training wasn't finished and that whoever gets the lightsaber is going to finish that. So the way that I understand it is, is that Leia gave up her Jedi or becoming a Jedi because she was afraid that it might affect her son. And man, the force really fucked her on that one. The force isn't kind to people. But no, that doesn't make any like that vision. Like I need to know what that vision is then, because that doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't hopefully connect that'll... with what happened at all. I mean, hopefully that'll be explained in like the books or something. No, you can't but... do that. That doesn't count. <sighs> I'm trying to think, but but like Qui Gon Jinn thought that like Anakin was going to be like the chosen one and bring balance to the force, and that was pretty fucked up for a while. That you. Know, Anakin fucking killed yeah, everyone. Yeah, but we got explanations of shit. Like he could, like the, like this doesn't. There's no explanations for this here. It's just JJ and his fucking. I'll say something because I think it sounds cool. Yeah, I don't know. I did like Ray's or Leia's lightsaber though. I I thought that was awesome that she was training. Um, I I thought that. The, the flashback scene Luke looked fine oh I thought, it looked, I thought it looked like shit as soon as they open up their helmets I'm like oh I'm looking at a cartoon yeah Leia didn't look the best which like, it's really hard for them to do Leia for some then reason don't Luke do was really, it yeah but I loved how you hear Yoda's theme as Luke is getting the x-wing out of the water i thought that was incredible that luke finally did it you know that scene way back in empire where he's like he eh, want the impossible and then yoda just does it Ah, oh, i really like that i'm glad that ray was able to use that x-wing and go to exegol excalibur sorry um all right 
What else happens in the movie after this? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Um, they're preparing for battle, and then oh, they have um, the ceremony. They have the the funeral basically for Leia, and then they all get hot or not? Fuck. Uh, Poe and Finn and Chewie get back, and Chewie finding out about Leia that that broke me. Jonas did a really good job with that one. Like seeing yeah. seeing Chewbacca like collapse was very emotional. Chewbacca has lost so much. Yeah, Chewbacca's life sucks basically. I just I can't imagine just losing all of your friends in like a span of just like years. It's heartbreaking. And then, you know, he lost Han and Leia together. He lost he watched Ben practically grow up. He lost Ben. And that's oh, just him getting on the floor and just screaming like that killed me. Um but another thing that happened was, you know, we get to see Lando again. And Lando decides to show up. And I guess offer help or they all get together and they're like, all right, let's do it. Um, we see that Ray is leading us to Excalibur. Um, let's go to Excalibur and, and face face Palpatine. Face I, I really hope they dub this and just face the Emperor because how many fucking times can a movie say Palpatine? But, alright. So, Ray gets to Excalibur. Then, she is faced with her grandfather and he's like, oh, Empress Palpatine, I didn't want to kill you. I wanted you to kill me so that all of my power goes in you, and then you become the Sith Lord. Yeah. I fucking hate it so much. And then... And then, like, didn't, like, Pride have, like, a little meeting with the Emperor, and then how, like, he had served him previously, then his eyes get all, like... So, is it insinuated that Pride is like a, a zombie too? Uh, fuck it. I don't know because this movie doesn't know. So yeah, Pride is a zombie. Um, they get the zombie uh, zombie ships and then they all they all fight. And then you see that, that Ben gets there. And Ray senses it. And then she gets the two lightsabers. Or no, she, she forces... The lightsaber to him, and then he's killing the Knights of Ren, who didn't really do much in the movie, but I kind of forgot they existed. We also still don't know, like, what their story is. Yeah. Because they're with him in the beginning, and, like, they they know that he's turned to the good side. Like, whatever movie. Well, didn't uh, Pride, like, talk to to Palpatine about that? And Palpatine was like, ah, he was weak. Just focus on the plan. And he's like, okay, I served you. In the early wars, um, I'll serve you again, my dude. But, like, I still don't know, like, who, who the Knights of Ren are actually serving. I mean, I think they're just easily persuaded fighters. I mean, yeah, like, they, they served Ben. But, like, my also understanding was that the Knights of Ren 
like previously I thought the Knights of Ren were like former Jedi. But no, the Knights of Ren are just like some dudes that Kylo Ren picked up and said, hey, fight for me. And they're like, okay, sure, fine. Let's do it. Some fucking outfits straight out of Mad Max. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. Like, for all the talk we got about them, that turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. I liked Ray's reaction when she sensed that Ben was there. But, and also, another thing I thought was interesting, too. So when the whole fleet gets there, uh, Finn, Finn senses that because they're supposed to destroy this, like, I, I'm i still confused on what exactly, like, they were supposed to destroy. But they were just supposed to destroy something. There was a thing, okay, and, like, that, like, the ships, for technobabble reasons, can't get out of the atmosphere of the planet on their own. They have to, like, get the coordinates from this thing that will give it to them. And they're going to destroy that thing. Yeah. So... But then that plan doesn't work out, and they're like, we're going to have to do a ground battle. One of the ships is controlling all of it, and then, like, Finn says that, okay, it's this ship up here, and he feels it. Um, How do you feel about the fact that Finn might be Force-sensitive? I mean, like, I'm fine with Finn being Force-sensitive. I wish, I wish it's something we had seen in the other movies. Me too, but I really like it. Um, I like how he, you know, he's talking to Jana in the beginning and he talks about, you know, the reason why he deflected was, you know, it was a something in him, you know, it was a reason. I really like that. And then I really like the ground battle where, you know, they get on the horses and they're all fighting. I thought that was great. Um... I was really scared for a second because, like, they were all losing. And, like, this is why I really hope or wish that they, they didn't show us that scene with all the... Oh, my God. Why did they do that? I mean, sometimes I wish I would go into, like, Star Wars without, like, watching any trailers or anything. I I know people that do that. And it's very interesting. And I know I can never could. But, I mean... For some goddamn reason, I wasn't spoiled anything in this. Like, I was still on Twitter literally, like, seconds before the movie came out and or in California time. So I don't know how the fuck I wasn't spoiled anything. Maybe just because I hit everything and I muted everything and I don't know. But I still know t- knew too much. I, I still wish I didn't know about all those fighters coming to save the day. Well, because, I mean, it's the, it's the it's the Riders of Rohan moment from Lord of the Rings, and it's c- could be gorgeously done, and it looks really cool, but, like, the reveal is the moment. And so to have that in the trailer just does away with that completely, especially because afterwards, it, like, it doesn't really, like, I- I'm not, like, the rest of that battle didn't do anything for me. Like, the only thing that was so cool was seeing him for the first time, except it wasn't for the first time, because I saw it in a trailer many, many times. Seeing Wedge was really cool, though. I really liked uh, seeing Wedge. But strangely enough, I I wanted more. Like, I wanted more cameos. Like, I know how much I talk, talk shit about the Rebels crew, but I was, for some reason, like, I really thought I was going to see, like, Hera, Syndulla. Ghost was there, wasn't I, it? I, it? 
it should have been. I think it was. I thought that someone saw the razor crest too, but I, cause I thought at first we heard her and I was excited. I'm like, oh shit, sweet. We're going to see fucking Harris and Dula, but no, it's Zori. I mean, cool. Like Zori, she made it. I mean, I had a feeling that she didn't die in Kajimi anyways and Babu Freak. I love Babu Freak. I'm, I'm glad that he survived and it was cool seeing them, but I just, I feel like that should have been, you know, a scene just full of cameos, just cameo right here, cameo right there, you know? Give me a fucking go button. And it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So they all show up. Everything's all great. Ray is, Ray and Kylo, or Ray and Ben, standing together trying to fight the Emperor. Um. He basically tries to kill them and then takes their their life, puts it in him, and then he forces that big old lightning thing in the sky and makes everyone sink. That was interesting. Oh yeah, this is why like this is why my friend can't go see this movie because it would give him a seizure. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just super unnecessary. They could have they could have not like it's not just like the emperor's lightning effect it's like every time like whenever they're showing that planet the emperor's on there's like a lightning like the lightning flashes in the background which is just like you could have found something else to do that wouldn't be dangerous for people i wish they um had like edited versions of uh movies well there's not even like you just don't do it like you don't need to do it you don't need to do a strobe effect there's never like a necessary strobe effect and i understand like not thinking about it like, it just wouldn't, like, it's like, oh, this will look cool. But then, like, the moment somebody's like, hey, this could potentially give somebody a seizure, it seems like you would be like, oh, cool, we will find something else to do. So that happens. So the big lightning stroke across the sky. <laughs> he literally looks at Ben and says, all right, you're dead. Bye, Skywalkers. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. They just killed Ben. You actually uh, thought he was uh, dead there? Oh, gee. Like, nobody, like, nobody is dead by falling down a hole in Star Wars. Oh, my God. I I thought, wow, okay, that's it. All the Skywalkers. But then you have that scene of Rey when, you know, she wakes up and she sees all this shit going down. And, you know, she starts off the movie, you know, asking in the Force, you know, to be with me. Be with me. And then... Then the Jedi come to her with all these different words. A lot of Jedi. We hear Hayden. We hear Obi-Wan. We hear Luminara. We hear Kanan. We hear Ahsoka. We hear Mace Windu, Yoda, Luke. That was pretty cool. And then Rey gets up and Palpatine is like, I have all the, the power of the Sith. And she's like, I have all the power of the Jedi. And then that does it for Palpatine. His stupid fucking plan fails because Rey is the best. And Rey defeats him. And everyone wins. Finn helps destroy that ship. General Pride goes out the window. Everyone wins. And then, but Rey, Rey, unfortunately doesn't and Finn feels that it reminded me of the scene in Empire when Luke is trying to get Leia you know to come back for him or sees if, if she can hear him and 
she turns the falcon around and helps save him. That's what that reminded me of. And it's interesting that, you know, all of these powerful force moments, you know, happen on the falcon. I was actually, I was like, I was thinking of the moment when, uh, when Leia feels Han die. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how all these moments are happening, like on the Falcon, like these really powerful moments happen on the Falcon. And Ben comes back and saves Ray. Um, I was not expecting any of it. Um, him saving Ray, the event that happened after he saved Ray, and then he died again, but evaporated and disappeared. What did you think about that? I mean, it's exactly what I didn't want going into this movie. So that was fun. I'm sorry. I assume that was like the moment for you where you're like, no, I'm never watching this again. I mean, look, I mean, the moment I was never watching this again was as soon as they announced she was Palpatine's granddaughter. But, you know, her kissing a dude who emotionally gaslit her and tortured her and tried to separate her from her friends and, you know, killed an entire village full of people and was the leader of a fascist organization that tried to destroy the galaxy. Nah. But hey, he's good now, so it's fine. And he's not responsible for any of that, apparently. I liked how Ray was... didn't let Ben dying affect her ability to you know make decisions or this or that like she was still able to move on get out end the mission and go back home to her friends her family everything to her i really loved that um i i like how this is this is how bed went that ben saved her you know he served whatever purpose and yeah but I mean we don't we don't have to go there but I got really emotional during the um the reunion and seeing all three of them embrace together you know especially Finn's reaction to it all how emotional Finn got really got me because you know this is his family you know, everyone he loves is here and he actually has family now. And so does Ray. Ray has family and everyone's reactions to her. I, I loved how we got to see, you know, planets. We saw Cloud City and Endor and Jack who like it reminded me of the, you know, the celebration scene and Re- return of the Jedi. Like I, I liked how I was happy to see Wicket. Yeah. I mean, I wish Steel Saunders hadn't spoiled that for me, but I was happy to see Wicket. Oh, that was the thing? Yep. I sp- so I spent this entire I spent this entire fucking movie going, man, when's Wicket going to show up? Fucking fucking Steel Saunders, man. I'm so mad. It would have been it, it would have been it would have been so cool if I didn't know. 
But instead, I'm like, oh, well, that's it. That's just fucking disappointing. Yeah. Um, then we get to the, the end of the movie where Ray goes to Tatooine. Um, I, I don't know how I had a feeling that we'd end up on Tatooine because I was right about it, every other fucking thing that happened. Anybody who's ever w- watched a movie would assume that this was going to end on Tatooine, but... Um, so she goes to Luke's house, you know, because that's where you go at the end of a saga. And, you know, she buries the lightsabers, which is which is beautiful. It's nice going back there. Um, but then, in a beautiful CGI sunset, you see a woman on, you know, holding a beautiful CGI creature. And she says, oh... There haven't been people here in ages. Who are you? Ray. Ray who? Ray Skywalker. Oh, yeah, except that pause is actually like a minute fucking long. <sighs> she said it. She fucking said it. I mean, I've wanted Ray to take the Skywalker. Like, that's how I've always wanted Ray to be a Skywalker, is by her, like, adopt and name Skywalker but I don't know like I just I wish it had done a little less dramatic pause on the nosy and then she's looking at the ghosts of Leia and Luke which okay I can't wait until someone does a George and decides to retouch a lot of shit in these movies because why don't the ghosts look like they did in the sequel, in the original trilogy, the ghosts look perfectly fine in the original trilogy. Let's bring that back and stop doing this shit when they look cheaply made. I'm done seeing this. This is something that was kind of annoying, especially that scene where kind of Luke turns around, you know, sits down next to Ray, and it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, this is Star Wars. Just let's just do them back how they were in the original trilogy. That's all I'm asking. Please, God, why? What do you think about the ghosts? I don't fucking care. They're force ghosts. They look like force ghosts. But what force ghosts do you think look like better force ghosts? I don't give a shit. They're force ghosts. They look like force ghosts. I know, but they look better last time. Um, but yeah, that that was the end of the movie. Um, we did it. I don't know. This movie was very fucking flawed, but... I I enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it. I really liked it. Um, and I'm glad this is all over. I'm glad that we can move on from this. And, you know, into a new year and into a new Star Wars. Because I feel like this was definitely... They shouldn't have done this. They should have halted. They shouldn't have done this movie so soon. This movie should have been different. I appreciate that it's here and what I saw. I, li- I liked what I saw. I wish I would have loved what I saw, but I'm at peace with it. I just, I, I don't know why a lot of things were done the way they were. You know, maybe as the years go on, you know, I'll forgive it or I don't know. But then I remember that this is probably the way that some people feel about the prequels and I don't know. I just, I think a lot could have been done. And, you know, part of me is a little disappointed, but part of me is excited that 
I got to experience, you know, watching these episodic films, you know, with my family one last time. And Carlos got to be there. And it was such, it's a family tradition to go to these things. And I was sad I didn't get to do it last year when we saw Solo. So I was even more excited that I got to see, watch something that I love with the people that I love. And I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we can move on to bigger and even better Star Wars. Like, I am so excited now that we're going to get something with Ryan. That Ryan's going to put his love and effort into another Star Wars. Because this was not a love project. This was just a project. And I could tell that. And this movie makes me terrified for the future of Star Wars. Yeah. And this is a movie where I go, oh, maybe they're not going to give Ryan a trilogy. I hope so, because he would do an amazing job. Oh, yeah, I want Ryan to have a trilogy very much. But this movie was, oh, we don't actually want to take risks after all. Yeah. It was safe. But... I don't know. I'm hopeful. And I, I want to continue being hopeful. And, you know, that's probably why I forgive a lot of things that happened, you know, in this movie that, you know, I didn't like. But. Yeah, I they've they've worn out my ability to be hopeful. And that's OK. I mean, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, it fucking sucks. Like, I, I give you that. But. I don't know. I just. I've been I've I've been seeing everyone's reaction to this movie and yeah, it sucks. Like it sucks that something's happened. It sucks that this and that. I don't know. Like for me, like the things that suck, like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter how much like I like the stuff that I like in this movie mm-hmm. because the shit like I mean, like the stuff with Finn Poe, like erasing Rose, like that's that's unforgivable for me. Like it's so shitty. That I don't like. It wouldn't matter how much I loved the rest of this movie. When really, I think like there's other stuff in this movie that's fine. But even if I absolutely loved the rest of it, like that's that's just gross, and it's not what I want f- Star Wars to be. Okay, yeah. So what now? I don't fucking know what now. Like if it's, if it's another JJ Star Wars, then 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 I'm done. I'm sorry. Like, if they actually let Ryan make movies, I'll be super excited and I'll go see those. Yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't know that they will. I hope they do. And I hope that. I hope, I I don't know what I hope, but I'm happy that this is, that this is done. That this is something, you watched it once, that's it. We don't ever have to talk about it again. I'm okay with never talking about it again. We can literally take this movie, talk about it here, pretend it didn't exist, go to the next thing, and I'm but like, that's like I fucking like I hate that that's the position that I'm in. No. They really resent it. How how do we help fix that? Fix that. <laughs> Do you have, like, a time machine and the ability to make a Star Wars movie yourself? No, I don't. And I wish I did because I want you to be happy. And, I mean, like, I, I 
I I don't know. I just I want to help in any way that I can to help eliminate the pain that this movie has caused to you, to a lot of people, to in, in general, like what Star Wars has caused to a lot of our friends, a lot of our family, like it it sucks. I will say this. Fucking people on Twitter, stop telling me why I didn't like this movie. Because I know why I didn't like this movie, and I don't need you to presume why I didn't like this movie. Yeah. Stop. Like, if I see, like, one more fucking tweet about how, oh, well, people who didn't like this movie just just because it didn't, they had set expectations of what this movie would be, and it didn't meet them. Which, considering Last Jedi didn't meet any of my expectations and is my favorite Star Wars movie. I am just blessed to be following and be friends with the right people because, you know, I've been seeing all these tweets about, oh, these people are telling us what to think. But, like, thank God I'm not seeing that on my newest feed. Oh, you know? I've seen that on my feed. And we follow a lot of the same people. Dude, direct me to them. I will block them, mute them. I'm fucking ready. Like, if you're telling me or if you're telling Emily what to fucking think, go fuck yourself. Like, we're we can have our own opinions like emily and i don't agree on some things in this movie and that's fucking okay you know like i'm not gonna sit here and tell emily hey this is why this should have happened you're wrong like emily's not wrong emily's valid to every thought and opinion that she has about this movie and so am i yeah <sighs> i just i don't know i'm fucking i i'm just sort of done with fucking everything okay then thank god the mandalorian's good yeah, thank God for that. And thank God that we can literally just drop it. Like, this movie never happened. We can go on to Cats. We can go on to, you know, Mendo's going to be in some shit. We can talk about that. But I'm just happy that this this cloud can go away. And that, I don't know. I just, I always want to fix things and fix I don't know, fix things that I know I probably can't fix. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I just want shit to get better because I know that it's hard. Like I can't imagine, you know, going to something and being broken by it and bring, you know, just having, I don't know. I'm just so sorry. And I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry that, you had to sit there for two hours and do all of that, you know, do something that you were dreading to do. and something that you, you, you probably didn't even want to do, but you felt like you wanted to, and that you had to, and that I hope that you never go through something like that again, where you feel like you have to do something or you have to watch something because that's awful. I mean, look, in the end of the day, like, it was seeing a movie I didn't want to see. But, like, again, like, I was expecting to not like some of the story points. I wasn't expecting to also think that they did a pretty fucking bad job of telling those story points. Yeah. And I was not expecting one of those story points to be she's fucking Emperor Palpatine's daughter. I mean, granddaughter. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know, but 
my only question is, is what now? Like we ended the chapter, we closed the book. What are we doing in this next book? Well, I don't know. Cause we don't know what Star Wars is doing now. What are we, we have the Mandalorian? Well, I don't know because we have a Star Wars podcast and we don't know what Star Wars is doing now. We have the Mandalorian. There's going to be an Obi-Wan show. There is a chance there's going to be a Cassian show. Emily, we don't have to be a Star Wars podcast. There's not any, we didn't sign legal documents for this to be a Star Wars podcast. We can literally just be a podcast, drop the Star Wars. We're just the Cantabite Dispatch. You know, we can do a Taylor Swift. I'm happy to talk about part of fucking, I don't know what that means. I'm happy to talk about the thing. (laughs) That I like in Star Wars, but we just don't know what Star Wars is going to be giving us. I mean, frankly, even if I was super excited about this movie, we'd still have to find fucking other things to talk about because we're not getting a movie for three goddamn years. Yeah. You're going to have to get really comfortable with me. I mean, I don't know. It's been a couple years, right? Yeah, it's been a couple years. 2017 was when we started. It's almost 2020. Like, we're going to get to know each other a lot more, Emily. I mean... I'm excited. I'm excited for our future, for, you know, we got through this bump in the road, and I I just, I came out of this, you know, hopeful that we saw the fire, we conquered the fire, we don't have to look back, we can look forward. Yeah, but I still have these really painful burns all over my body, so we gotta, you know, that's that's an issue. Well, I could go to medical school, Jedi school, learn how to heal those. I could learn how to direct a movie, get the cast, pay a lot of money, and do a new Star Wars. I don't know, but... Yeah. Um, have you listened to a lot of reviews of of this, or have you just been doing? Because I I was listening to your review on uh, Steel Wars, and I was really enjoying it. Because I I think I got like through the first hour because it's like three hours long, right? It's really fucking long. Yeah, I'm on the Steel Wars roundtable with uh with Hawes and Rabo and Steel and Rashad. And that was, I, 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 well, I mean, I didn't listen to that. I was in it. Like, I can't. I'm not going to listen to stuff that I'm on. Um, I listened to the Geek Dudes. And that's about it. What did they think? Uh, Chris is like a less fervent version of me. Okay. And more to do with just thinking the actual storytelling was done really badly. Hmm. Everyone else thought the same? Um, no. I mean, everybody seemed to definitely have problems, like, realize there were some problems with it. I think, I think Chris is the only one who was, like, really didn't like it. Oh, wow. But, like, I knew, like, because Fresh and I have been talking about this. Like we had, we'd been chatting about this movie for a while, so I wanted to hear him actually like fall on rant mode. But I felt bad from him because he's generally somebody who just takes Star Wars as it is and really enjoys it. 
Yeah. And so it sucks that it sucks that he couldn't do that with this one. Yeah. I also listened to Blue Harvest. That was really good. Um, but yeah. That was our review of the movie. I keep calling it the movie because everyone had Rise of Skywalker muted on Twitter. So I'm like, I'm just going to call it the movie. So I, I just keep calling it the movie. So it's just it's okay. The movie. I thought this was maybe like some Lord Voldemort thing. No, but it can't be. We can just call it the movie. I'm down. But, I mean, I'm interested, really interested to hear what our friends and listeners thought of the movie. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we're about two hours in. Do you want to do an email or two, or um, let's let's do Dom's voicemail and and then maybe we can do Turbo's fuck Mary Kill really quick. Yeah, sounds great. And we'll save the rest for another time. Um, we're not talking about the Mandalorian this week, guys. We'll talk about it along with chapter eight next week i mean chapter seven ends on a cliffhanger anyway so i think it'll make sense to talk about them together yeah and also i haven't had dinner yet so i don't want to talk about the Ma- like i don't want to give that episode of the mandalorian short shrift because it was really good and i think like we could have an hour just talking about that episode exactly what's for dinner uh i whatever is in my cupboard that i can shove in my face because it's already 9 30 shit all right, let me get Dom's voicemail up and running. Of course, it's taking forever. Did your theater have like uh, themed food or drinks that you had? I had uh, some like swamp drink that had pineapple vodka and matcha and some other shit in it how was it it was good it was i mean it was disgusting looking because it looked like swamp water (laughs) that's funny is his voicemail still loading yeah it's long 8.4 megabytes that's a lot of bytes Okay, 99%. All right, this is Dom's voicemail. Hello, ladies of Canto Bite. This is Dom, Canto Bitch number one, checking in after the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Congratulations. We're spoiling, right? Are we spoiling? Okay, look, I'm going to talk about shit that happened in the movie, okay? So, (laughs) sorry if we're not spoiling, but here we go. Uh, Congratulations, Raylos, right, I guess? Um, So, look, I I went 
into the theater on Friday night. Okay, so I saw it Thursday and Friday because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, my son and I went into the theater on Thursday night and the crowd was pumped and, and it was like, you know, everybody was like cheering at the right times, screaming at the right times, you know, uh, clapping at the right times, et cetera, et cetera. Friday night was totally different. It was like, oh my God, it was like the, 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 the casuals only bought Friday tickets, uh, and, the serious hardcore uh, folks like us got Thursday tickets, which is fine. You know, hey, casuals, casuals got to watch a movie too, right? But like nobody uh, on Friday night, nobody did anything right in the audience, um, whatever. Anyway, so Friday uh, we walk into the theater and there is indeed, uh, there was there was a few women in the, uh, in the uh in the uh, lobby who were dressed as cats. I fucking kidding. I kid you not. Um, so I didn't take a picture because I don't know, taking pictures of strangers. I haven't really done that in a while. Uh, (laughs) since I got that, uh, had that little thing happen. Anyway, we won't go into that. Um, so I thought it was rad that, uh, that the Jedi voice cameos, I really would have, would have thought we had some room for for an Anakin uh, Force Ghost, but um, hearing Ahsoka was kind of cool, uh, especially since I have an Ahsoka tattoo. Um, and, um, you know, all the other cameos, that was pretty tight. Leia in the voiceover and, and everything. Um, I thought seeing Leia on screen was going to be, uh, was going to be harder than it actually was. Um, but it was just sort of natural. Like I, like I almost had forgotten that Carrie had passed, not saying that it, that it looked totally normal. Uh, the, the, the effects were just a little funky at times, but, um, anyway, uh, the scene with, um, with Han, and Ben, oh my God, it fucking broke me. Um, I, I have, um, I, well, you know, I have daddy issues and, um, yeah, I, I lost it on Thursday, lost it. They're sitting next to my son. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was actually kind of good because it enabled he and I to have a little bit of a, of a bonding moment there. But, um, fucking lost it and uh the last thing i want to say because i know there's other shit to do on your show today uh is what the like how does like what happened to rose like now i i guess i get why she wasn't in a lot of the like marketing push because she's not in a lot of the movie and i just thought it was kind of interesting because how do you go from like, I, I felt like in, uh, last Jedi, like she was, it wasn't just, uh, Ray Finn and Poe anymore. It was like Ray Finn, Poe and Rose. So it was sort of weird that, I mean, honestly, it felt like, uh, she had fewer lines in the movie than, uh, Charlie 
from Lost, uh, the tastefully named uh, Dominic Monaghan, 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 like a GH sound can be many things. Sorry. All right. So I'm uh, I'm going to end this hungover fueled uh, rambling here and y'all have a good week. Love you. Bye. What was what was your audience like? Because my audience was very not responsive. The only thing that really got a cheer was when the fleet shows up. Yeah, mine fucking sucked. Like, they weren't clapping at the right time. Okay, this is why it's worth it to get your lawn chairs out and wait for, like, hours. Because, like, you're going to... People take time out of their day to sit down in a lawn chair and wait for good seats for a movie. Like, those are the diehards right there. Like, (coughs) but this was still people who were waiting to get online the second tickets were on sale. Like, my theater sold out in, like, less than 10 minutes. Mine basically did, too. But I don't know. This crowd just... It wasn't it. And, like, I go to this theater a lot now. And, God, you should have fucking seen this crowd during Endgame and Infinity War. Like, those are probably some of my best time spent at the movie theater was watching a Marvel movie. But, like, I don't know. I I was really underwhelmed with the crowd. I was kind of sad about that. But, yeah. That's why I was so jealous hearing your cat's review. Because I'm like, God damn it. That's what I wanted was a good crowd. And I didn't get that. But. It was the best crowd. That's my favorite crowd. Oh, God. I wish that was recorded. But yeah, thanks for the voicemail. Ugh. I can't believe people dressed up as cats. Cats, Emily. Yeah, somebody in our audience would have had like a big furry coat and cat ears. What'd you wear? Just like I skinned a couple cats and sewed them together and climbed into it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Did you get any theme drinks there? No, because that's just an AMC. It's not like a dinner theater. Oh. Are you a popcorn person? Here the thing is, I really, really like popcorn. I very rarely get it at the theater. I'm the same way. Like, Carlos, what he does is that he gets popcorn and then, like, he refills the popcorn, like, after leaving the movie. So then, like, he takes the popcorn home with him. Isn't that, like, the weirdest thing you've ever heard? I mean, it's not the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but it's pretty fucking weird. I know. And then, like, they save it. It's like they put it in, like, a bag and then they're just eating, like, stale popcorn for, like, days. It's it's interesting. You can... You can buy you can buy popcorn for pretty fucking cheap. And it is very quick to make. It is not something that needs to be like saved and rationed. <laughs> I know it's the funniest thing. Oh my god, it, it it it's interesting just the things people do. But I'm glad you liked the movie, Dom. And I'm glad that like you had some emotional connections to it that's good to hear 
I'm glad you had a good audience because, like I said, like mine just didn't react to anything. Yeah. Which is weird because normally, normally Alamo audiences are pretty responsive to shit. That's what I would think. And I mean, like, I've never seen my theater so full. So I don't know if people were just like too nervous to say anything or like maybe my theater really hated the movie. But like The Last Jedi, man, dude, the crowd was going fucking crazy. Like especially that Snoke scene. Like it felt like that lasted for minutes just after Snoke was stabbed because everyone was just going nuts. Like everyone was just looking at each other, like grabbing each other, like what the fuck is going on? But then when you hear that raise of Palpatine, just people start laughing. <laughs> Did your audience do anything of any with any of those big scenes? Uh, no, like no. I mean, they have in the past, like the Last Jedi, like seen like a bunch of this, like the Holdo maneuver and all of that got really big reactions. This movie. Like again, like except for when the fleet arrives, I mean, people were laughing at the jokes and stuff. Yeah, and there was, you know, there was maybe a little bit of a gas when we thought Chewie was dead, but that the Palpatine line got no response. Yeah. Oh, which is weird. Like, I mean, even like beyond me, like thinking it was dumb and laughing at it, like I feel like it would have gotten a response. I don't know why. I don't know why this audience was not given it anything like either way maybe they maybe just didn't know how to respond but ugh. ugh well thank you for the voicemail um do you want to read uh turbos real quick yeah <laughs> this is fuck my kill po 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 uh hello cat obiters I have a fuck my kill for you to close off the year. Unlike Steel, this one took a few minutes from inception to email. <laughs> Poe the Force Awakens, Poe the Last Jedi, Poe the Rise of Skywalker. Just like any hetero male, I would turn for Poe. My fuck my kill is fuck t- Force Awakens Poe, marry Rise of Skywalker Poe, kill Last Jedi Poe. I don't know why I chose it way. It's an instinct, a feeling. Poe fucking aside, <laughs> I mentioned earlier in the year, one of my hopes for episode nine was to watch it with my dad who had been in a bad state for the past couple of years. Happy to report he's on the mend, both physically and mentally, and I can't wait to watch it with him and my brother next week. It's going to be quite an emotional ride to close off the trilogy of trilogies with him, as he took me to see Empire in 1980 when I was a wide-eyed five-year-old. Who knew I'd be meeting up with good friends like you two across the world almost 40 years later to celebrate Star Wars? Take care, Lindo and Brito. Love, Turbo. Oh, Turbo, I'm so glad to hear about your dad. Aww. That's great. I like yeah. I'm so that's I'm so, so cool and I hope you guys have an awesome time seeing the movie. Yeah, I hope so too. That's amazing. That's that's yeah, that's just really cool. Um we've done this fuck Mary kill before, but it was before the movie came out, so it was just based on their outfits. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think I am killing um, the Rise of Skywalker Poe, fucking the Last Jedi Poe, and marrying the Force Awakens Poe. Um, I feel like the Force Awakens Poe is like pure and kind, 
and ballsy. The Last Jedi Poe is very confident. It's nice confidence, especially in that arena. And then I just have to exit out this Poe because I can't think of any other reasons other than that he's mean to 3PO, knowing that 3PO has no idea who he is and he calls him a metal piece of ass or certain what does he call him he says something like get get your metal ass over here and 3 is like we literally just met but yeah i don't know i i stand by just my by my decisions what about you um i'm gonna marry red skywalker poe because i feel like he's poe who's finally come into himself and who he is and is comfortable being a leader and I like that. Um, I'm going to fuck The Last Jedi Poe because The Last Jedi Poe is just kind of a fucking asshole. And it is well established. That's my thing. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm going to kill off Force Awakens Poe. I mean, I don't like to kill any version of Poe, but he's just sort of like the nice guy version of Poe. He's not reached his full potential yet. Potential. Yes. So, yeah. Potential. Well, thank you for the fuck, Mary Killen, for the update. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's so cool to hear. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And I'm happy for your family. And I can't, I hope, please let us know how that viewing goes. Yes. I hope I'll we'll see. I hope we'll see you in in August. Yeah, are you, is Toro coming to celebration? I think so. I hope so. If he's not, we'll have to Facetime him. We have to Facetime fresh too. Oh, that's right. The enemy. <laughs> no, he's not my enemy right now. He's very nice, and was guiding me. He's my enemy. That's fine. He can be your enemy. Yeah. But since he was the person I could be like, fuck this and fuck this and fuck that other thing, then I can't. He can't be my enemy right now. I'm sure it'll happen again later. He'll say something on the podcast that'll piss me off. But they're on, you know, they just had their Christmas episode and then they're on break for a couple of weeks. So we'll see what the new year holds. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one of us always has to like, you know, we can't both agree. Like, I mean, we can agree. We can agree if we both are mad at him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so um Brittany, where are you on the internet? Um I'm on Instagram at Brittany the Chin- the Ginger. Uh check out uh I posted a picture of my family in our super small shrunken last or Rise of Skywalker shirts. So look at that. I remember that we all could have been wearing comfortable pajama pants, but we didn't. Where can we find you, Emily? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. If you want to send us voice messages or emails or fuck, Mary kills or anything like that, that is CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. We did yeah. it. Yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about Chapter 7 and 8 of The Mandalorian. I can't believe we're done with The Mandalorian already. Uh... Chapter 7 of The Mandalorian is amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. 
Chapter 8 is going to be Taika Waititi's directing it. And we'll talk about, yeah, man. Yeah, and there's Christmas between then. So, oh yeah, like if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Or if you're somebody currently celebrating Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, Happy Holidays, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity Dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches All my Canto bitches Rabia and Adele Often email the show I cut a track on them trolls With Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee Busted a rap for me Met her and horse B at scum and villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold The luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time So I shout a Raj too You know the list Ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun The games And refresher bangs Hang on every word Of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes Every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls If Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be A bitch like me Get him Eric